batter up. Katie, Katie was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown crew every Sue, Katie Blue. On a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see a show. But Miss Kate said, no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Welcome into a new edition of Batter Up. Sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles here on the Sports Insanity Network. I am Mike Rifkin, joined by the man himself, Mark Old Ops Guy Halpern. Mark, how are you, my friend? I am doing good, Mike. How are you? I am well. I am well. I cannot complain. The Mets are playing better ball. We will talk about them. We will talk about the Cardinals turning it around. The Padres still struggling, but at least they play in San Diego, so they can't complain about the weather. Correct. But we'll start with some fun stuff that occurred north of the border with the Yankees and the Blue Jays. It started on Monday when Aaron Judge kind of glanced into his dugout before hitting a home run. After the game, he said he thought someone was chirping the home plate umpire. The Blue Jays didn't like it. They thought something was up. I do want to commend the Blue Jays broadcasters who were the first people to bring it up because they don't know what's going on. They just saw the glance and pointed it out. So I can't point fault at them because any broadcaster would have done it. You know, and then turns out the pitcher – Jay Jacks, I believe, said he was tipping pitches. And one of the Yankees' base coaches was giving Judge a sign on that it was a breaking ball. And Judge hit it out. We'll dive into this part first, and then we'll get into the craziness that was. But, Mark, what Judge did, he wasn't cheating. No. No, Ed. I... I want him to own that fact. Like, just say, listen, he hung a slider. I hit it out. We took advantage of a situation. Just say that. <laughs> you know, if you, re- if you rewatch it, yes, Judge does glance over. Of course, with the back history dealing with the Astros, Cora, whatnot, it, you know, everything – you're looking in your dugout. Yeah, you're going to be accused. He might have been tipped off by a pitch, but it wasn't from the dugout. Like Mike said, it was coming from the corner uh, base coach. And if Judge puts a bat on a center of a ball and he lifts it, forget it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what planet you're on. It's going to be out. It's the same thing with Pete Alonzo, Paul Goldschmidt, and let's put it, Freddie Freeman, you know, the four of them are very capable of hitting anything 
that they know have an instance of what's coming well out of the ballpark. So no, Judge was not signed stealing. There was no cheating going on by the Yankees organization by any means. Judge is just that good. And listen, I can't blame the Blue Jays either for being a little bit upset by saying, you know what? Let's at least look into the possibility that it could be, could be, because of that's what the era we we live in now. But we, positive, judge didn't cheat. Now there is a downside, and there are people I'm going to get on for this. I'm going to get on the media a little bit for it, and I'm going to get on Yankee fans. And the reason why is how quickly they came to the defensive judge before they knew what was going on. At the end of the day, this is a non-issue because he didn't cheat. But what if this was an Astro situation and they everyone was so quick to jump and say, oh, he's innocent because he's Aaron Judge. If he wasn't Aaron Judge, our argument's sake, this was Aaron Hicks. I'll use Aaron Hicks because he just got DFA'd. If this was Aaron <laughs> Hicks, we'd be like, Aaron Hicks doesn't hit home run. Something's up. Yeah. yeah. And you that's know? and that's where I would agree with you. But so because it's judged just doesn't mean he's innocent. The other part is if this was an Astra, Altuve just came back. We'll get into that in a few minutes. The first thing everyone's gonna say, they're back at it. They're back at it again. Mm-hmm. So why do we have different rules for different players slash teams? Because the Yankees were caught cheating with the Apple Watches a couple of years ago. Now, again, I'm going to say this. Nothing occurred because of this. But I'm just saying we don't have to rush into the defense just based on a, off of who it is. Did I think Judge was cheating? No. Yeah. But in today's day and age, who knows? And that's, and that's a good point. It's... It could be as simple as a person who's not used to hitting home runs. Let's put it where it was. Aaron Hicks. And like you said, if he all of a sudden started hitting, yeah, you would believe there's something going on. But with Aaron Judge, as I said, he's just that good. But you can see the fact that Judge might have been tipped off, but no other Yankee player in that lineup there was caught doing anything. So. Well, no one in the lineup was caught doing anything. Someone on the pitchers now was caught doing something. And not just the first time. No, for the second time this year, Domingo Herman was caught with sticky substance. According to him, it's rosin, but he got ejected from the game on Tuesday, meaning he was he will be suspended for the next 10 games. He did not file for appeal. This is a set. This is the second suspension for six sticky stuff of the year. Max Scherzer was suspended earlier this year, but this is the second time Herman was caught because in the game against the Twins earlier this year, they didn't throw him out. They just made him wash his hands and change his glove, and which got Rocco Baldelli thrown out of a game, which still doesn't make sense to me, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um Mark, your thoughts here on Herman? You know, when the season started and we were being told all the new rules, we had to take into a corp, uh, from what last year and with the TAC and trying to cut down on that. So 
can we honestly say the first time maybe Herman had too much sweat, too much rosin, and the umpires let him off. However, it wasn't just letting him off. That was an announcement to the entire league saying, we're going to still be checking. We're still going to be suspicious and we're going to abide by the rules. If another manager wants us to take a look, we're going to. Max Scherzer had the same issue as Herman, but the reason why he was thrown out is because there was a universal warning that night when Herman was warned that they were not going to accept the fact that it's rosin. doesn't matter if they're a journeyman like Max Scherzer or a newbie like Kodai Senga, but Kodai Senga is really not a problem right now. It doesn't matter. They have to make one consequence fit everybody. So for Herman, yes, this was his quote unquote second time being caught, but first time it's being pursued. And he's now been suspended the 10 games as Abel and uh, Scherzer was. If it happens again, I think that means season for him. Not that he's really that crucial to the Yankees anyway. Just give me one second. I will yep. look up the sticky. But, I, yeah, I mean, most pitchers, if they use tack last year, stopped using it as Major League Baseball was checking. So this year – one person got away with rosin, and it could be used by all pitchers. But the moment one person got caught, it should have been inevitable to say, okay, shit, we can't do this. Whether it was helping them or not, it doesn't always create a more unhittable ball. Sometimes it can leave it flat out over the middle. Yeah, the, the other part is... I think this was the same crew that he had in the twin series. That's why. Yeah, which is the other part of this. Uh, I'm just tr- trying to find the suspensions. How it works. Uh, I'm going to say the second one is a year. I believe but... it is. I believe it's the rest of the season. No matter what. And then have to go before yada, yada, yada to be reinstated, whatever. This is not doing PEDs. No, this is to help the pitchers get a grip on the ball. Exactly. And with all the changes, I understand that, you know, scuffing the ball, the old-fashioned spitball, et cetera, the old uh, major league, he's got Chris Go, he's got all these other different greases on him. There has to be a little bit of give, but I'm not saying that they should be allowed to doctor the ball. You know, there has to be, you know, let them show they're using the rosin bag each time, you know, to prove it's not. You know, what more else, how else can we define this? I think baseball has to do a better job finding alternatives here. Agreed. Well, um, because for a lot of these guys, this is on the fly stuff. And and that's something where they're used to having something on their hand. And listen, I know, listen, if if you're going to say it's anything in sweat, I can tell you as a bigger guy, 
I sweat often. Mm-hmm. And th- your hands get sticky when, when, oh, yeah. when he, you know, when it comes to sweat. So you can't stop people from sweating. That's not possible. So now you have to find an alternative. Rosin apparent rosin is legal. Right. Always has you know, been. Right. So you shouldn't be penalizing these guys for using something that's illegal and sweat something you can't not do, you know? So I I think it's imperative of Rob Manfred in baseball to figure out, okay, you can't use the spider tack or whatever the hell it is, but you can use these things to help you get a better grip on the ball. Right. There has to be some type of implementation here to give pitchers a little bit more freedom. You know, yeah, they have the pitch clock in tech, so pitchers can't take all day like Steve Traxel once used to. But What a legend, Steve Traxel. <laughs> I was at the game where he took like 25, 30 seconds between each pitch. I think the game was something like four hours. Um, but there has to be some type of give and go. You have the pitch clock that's controlling pitchers and it's really no benefit more to the pitcher than it is the batter as timing still has to do with it. But there has to be a little bit of give here. If you're going to say Rodson's illegal, then take it off the mound. Mm-hmm. Put it in the book already saying we're allowing no extra grip on the ball. What's going to happen? the walks per nine innings is, and the whips are going to be through the roof. So the pitch clock or not. Exactly. Teams are going to keep going because of this, but I, I think the other thing that hurts people in this situation is when a guy is suspended, it is different from being on the injured list because you cannot recall anybody. That player is still technically on the roster. So you for 10 games, you're kind of playing shorthanded because of that. And, and that's a good point. You know, in the case of let's go back to Max Scherzer quickly. Mm-hmm. He was go he five games would have been coming up for his next start. So him taking the 10 game, he only really missed one actual start. Right. For Herman, it's almost the same deal, but now. This guy is not going to have an inch of room to breathe. He goes to step on the mound. He's going to be challenged on every pitch that they have to, if they feel they need to. And that's going to put the pitch clock into non-effect. Yeah, he was supposed to start today. And instead, Luis Severino is making his season debut for the Yankees against the Reds. And this is the right game. If you're going to try to bring someone like Luis Severino back, this is the game. This is the lineup you want him to bat it. As you know, the Reds have done, you know, some good things, but let's face it's it, a young the Reds. team. Yeah, they're the Reds. If they were doing stuff like the Pirates, then we would say they're the big Reds. They're the big. The big red machine is back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I also think this is the first suspension not handed down by a Phil Cuzzy-led crew. <laughs> because I think the first three were all Phil Cuzzy crews. Right. With Scherzer, Hector Santiago, and Caleb Smith. 
So we'll have to see how Herman responds and Severino making his debut currently against the Reds. All right. Before we move on, sorry, sorry. Before we move on quickly, you mentioned a very important fact for the Yankees. They're now without Herman for 10 games and they can't put somebody up, but they just DFA'd Aaron Hicks. Yes. And now you're down two people on your roster since last night. They have people to replace Hicks, who you know, whoever that's. They recalled be. a guy named Greg Allen. Uh, Brady Bunch. Okay, so he might be <laughs> poor Greg. Sorry, uh, uh, Tom Brady. Um, you know, Greg Allen was called up in that spot, but once you knew her mom was getting suspended, there should have been no reason to DFA Hicks. I would have left him on the roster for ten days. Once her mom comes back, then drop him. But you needed a pitcher, so you know, six six of one thing, a half a dozen of another. The other part is Hicks still has two years left, and he just, he doesn't have to play ball. The guy's millions in the bank, so so yeah. So I don't see a team claiming him in this situation. So if the Yankees yeah. just have to flat out release him, and then some team will sign him basically for free. And it's kind of could be found luck just based on the fact that the Yankees are still going to have to pay him. I mean, I know we're going to get to it, but I might as well bring it up as a good transition. Look what the Mets did with Gary Sanchez. And I will be the first one in here. I have disliked Gary Sanchez since he was a rookie. And the reason why I dislike him because the guy was lazy in the Yankees organization. He wouldn't run out balls. He wouldn't hustle. And we saw what happened. He went to the Twins. He didn't do well there. He went to the Giants. He was cut. So the Mets took a flyer on him. The Mets are in a unique position with all the rookies, and we'll get to that. But he's now found his way onto this team pretty much for free for the Mets. So it's an exact good point. And the interesting part about this is then technically the Mets have five catchers on their roster. Correct. Because Narvaez is going to start a rehab assignment relatively soon. Who knows when Nito's coming back? Uh, Nito will be back on Thursday starting a low A rehab to his uh, IL stint. So, and then Perez was sent down. The one thing that can't happen And Billy Epler, I'm speaking directly to you because I know you're going to listen to this. Nothing, and I mean nothing, should put you in the situation to resend Francisco Alvarez to Syracuse. I do not care that he has options remaining. I do not care. You brought him up. He's starting to hit. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you here, Mark, because they kept saying whether it was spring training or when he first came up, the defense was a liable. He's been really good behind the plate. Very good. You know, it's a nice change for Mets fans because we haven't had a real catcher since Piazza left, you know, for uh, San Diego. I will not tolerate Paula Duca slander. I wasn't slandering. I said good. I was there when the Mets went back to back to back against the Phillies. I was there for that. So I remember 
getting back <laughs> to, as you can see, Mike and I kind of miss having this time. Um, shit. Oh, no. With Francisco <laughs> Alvarez. With Francisco Alvarez. Yeah, everything was comment. But let's also play honest here. The same things were said about Brett Beatty. The same things were said about Mark Vientos. Where are they all right now? They're all starting on the major league roster. And the Mets have a problem. And not just the catching problem. They have three more, uh, one triple A, two double A, and a single A, all batting at close to 380 in their respective divisions. Now, for the, the guy down in single A, he might get moved up to double. The guys from double to triple. You got Ronnie Mauricio, who is one of, if not the hottest prospect now, because with the other guys really on the team, their rookie seasons have been started. They don't have room for Mauricio. They're starting him at second every day to give him, a, to give him room on this team. It's a problem that is great to have mm-hmm. when you have so much talent. My fear is, is there's a name in the minor league system for the Mets that I think is going to be moved for the wrong reason, and that's Kevin Pareda. Kevin Pareda is in the worst situation as a rookie in the Mets organization, being the seventh catcher in line to come up. There, There's... One major upside, the guy hits better and hits better than Alvarez, but I think he will be used as a bargaining chip in the upcoming months come the trade deadline. It's a unique position, but the Mets have so much talent. Not all of them are going to be useful. Get what you can now. The Mets need pitching. And if he's in single A, though, they don't have to do anything with him. Correct. And kind of the same thing with Mauricio, because as long as he's in – Triple A, they don't have to do anything. Now, I I've you know heard people talk about oh you bring up Mauricio. The reason why you can't is there's really nowhere to play him that right now because you, McNeil slash Escobar is playing second. Right. You know Lindor, he's going to play his 140 games every year unless he gets hurt. And then you have Beatty and Escobar playing, and, and now Vientos who could all play third. So, realistically, the only spot would be DH. And you, you don't want to really regulate a guy. That. I'd rather see him out in the field every day at AAA. Right. I, you know, if they can teach him well enough to play a decent second base, let's say, let's, let's even push it two months down the line. Mm-hmm. By, by July, you make Jeff McNeil – your left fielder or DH, and you do the same thing with Canna. So there is room for Marito, but he's got to learn second base. And that's what they are trying to do. And in a hurry, because let's face it, he's a rookie. He's, we know he's talented, but he's not going to hit like this forever. No. Nobody does. Not Nobody even does. Ted Williams. Yeah. Not even Ted Williams. So trust us. We've heard a lot about Met prospects and how well they hit, and then they come up. Jeff right. Duncan comes to mind. <laughs> and New and High. Oh, I was a I was a Captain Kirk fan. Oh, 
God, that guy used to. Get uh, to I still to recall the 2015 homer against the Washington to Nationals. Nationals into right center. Yeah, I oh, was watching oh. that game. And then uh, the three look, against the Diamondbacks, I think it look, was. I mean, look, the guy made it to the major league, so he had the talent. So, I mean, but he, he like Armando Benitez, I would need Alka-Seltzer when they came in. Oh, Armando Benitez. I, I don't even think the Mets could use him right now. Um, but, but, but let's go into the week that was for the Mets. Awful loss Monday to the Nationals. Wound up splitting that series. Tuesday, Verlander home debut. They get lit up by the Rays. Wound up losing 8-5. Wednesday. Arguably the biggest win of the year. Down to nothing. Mark Vientos, first start of the year. Home run. Ties the game. And not a cheap one. Not it wasn't a, a little dinky home run. This was the dead center. Then they fall behind five to two, bottom of the ninth. Francisco Alvarez, three run shot to tie the game. Tenth inning, down seven to five. Some guy named Alonzo, walk off three run jack shot. Also, when Alvarez hits them, he's kind of like Pete. They're not cheap either. No. I mean, the one of them, the one. The two against the Rays were both uh, second deck shots. And for someone who's watched the Mets at City Field and had seen prolific sluggers come in, you hit the ball to the second deck, it's remembered because it's not done often. City Field plays deeper than it looks. Yeah. The only one I remember going third deck was Cespedes. Cespedes was the only. I was he was the say, only one I remember. Yeah. And how I mean, do they come respond to the Wednesday one? They get a really nice win on Thursday. Alonzo again, solo shot. But they played small ball and they found a way. And then Friday night, Carlos Carrasco off the aisle gave them literally nothing. <laughs> you, you know, and they come back from five runs down. Alonzo a game time grand slam. They fall behind 9-7 in the 10th. Vientos base hit, drives in a run. Alvarez base hit, drives in a run. And then guardian legend Francisco Lindor walks it off. And the yeah. funny thing was, that was the weakest ball hit in the inning. But, it got, you know, it was put in, it was hit in the right, right spot. spot. It wasn't a screamer. It was just a regular line drive that if the second baseman was but, over – yeah, We're Jimenez was all too far over. But the yeah. other part was Nimmo didn't hit a ball that hard either. He just put it in the right spot as well. Right. But so the the Mets all of a sudden they're back at five hundred. Everything for most people think everything is right in the world. There's a little bit of a caveat, and I I was talking to Billy Epler before I'm talking to Buck. If the kids are up, Buck, they have to play. Yeah. This is the simplicity. This is not slander towards Mark Hanna or Vogelback or even to a degree Marte. If they're not going to hit, they can't play. Uh, At least Marte gives you the speed element that the other two don't. But he is 
he, he is just in a season slump. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say the Mets were hot off the trail either when they started, but he has not come alive yet. And for Mets fans, you know, dealing with the injuries at the end of last season with him and that, this is not the way, I mean, for to want this outfield to be playing. He's let a lot of balls drop in front of him. It's just not the same person. So in this case, if you have a better decision, put Marte at DH, put another guy in the field for now, if you have to. I mean, you don't want to take a prolific hitter like Marte out of your lineup. But if the kids are up and they're doing what they're doing, push comes to shove. Yeah, you got to do what's best. And they've brought in a bit of energy. They brought in some energy, which, by the way, has been kind of what this team needed. And we talked a lot about you and I, whether it was via tax or doing stuff like this, it was they needed a bat this winter they knew they needed a bat going through through the off season and we got really excited about the Correa and then when it fell through it was like okay Correa isn't even having that good of a year so I'm not even gonna begrudge this but now you're starting to see why Beatty and Alvarez and Vientos were all needed not because they're not gonna be young and in experience, they're going to make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. The only perfect person ever was Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. But that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but they bring excitement. You, you, Okay, Alvarez strikes out against Josh Hader. But I love the fact that he gets an experience against a Josh Hader. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a prime spot to where that set him up for the other night against Class A, mm-hmm. another really good closer. Okay, I'm not going to swing for the downs. I'm just going to get a base hit, drive in the tying run, and we'll go from there. It's a process. Yeah, you know, Class A, probably one of the brighter closers to start this season. You know, he's got a fast – even just watching him, I mean, that fastball is – Forget it. It's like a BB coming at you. You have barely 0.6 seconds to even decide. The only difference is, is I think the pitch clock kind of screwed him up a little bit because he saw him rushing and he left a couple of balls flat out over the middle. And any major league hitter could have hit those. But we'll take. And, and look, if the Mets are going to go anywhere, it's not just the offense that's going to have to pick it up. It's starting pitching. And um, I, I know this was generalized for the team, but I don't love the fact that the fans booed Verlander after his first home start. Uh, the, the guy had two really good starts prior to that. I don't know if it was because more or less it's New York. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, New York booed Mickey Mantle. So it didn't really surprise me. However, Verlander, it didn't let him affect him because he's there was nothing to affect. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's a pro. He, he's, he'll be fine. Yes. Scherzer was really good in his last start. They'll both pitch today for the doubleheader. Sango yeah, I mean, was, that's, that's Sango was so good the other night. Uh, 
But Senga has me worried because we always seem of his five starts for the five. We always seem to have to come back. So, yeah, I also think that's an offensive thing because we know this. They've been out for what is it, thirty-eight to nine in the first inning, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> and that's and that's a problem, and that's, that's a big problem. problem. So you know, but no, and it's his first time through the league. I'm I'm not too concerned. Miguel was really pretty yes. good until he had to come out uh, the other day against Tampa. Listen, whether it's Carrasco or Peterson, that fifth spot is just. It, it, it's not going to be Carrasco. Carrasco's done. There is no way they start Carrasco again. I, they paid nothing for him. They're pretty much like nobody's going to take him in a trade. Face yeah. it, he's the new Patrick Corbin. No one's going to take him. You think the Nats would do that straight up? Not the worst thing I've heard. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I am interested right in another starter on a, a team that's not very good. I just don't know if that team would make the trade. Is that Gallon out of Arizona? No, because that'll never happen. I'm thinking Giolito from the White Sox. I, I'm thinking that could be low risk, high reward. It could be. The problem is, is his returning from last year's, and also he's been shaky. So. I don't think the Mets would have a problem getting him. It's the question of what are the White Sox going to want? You know, I'll give them Michael Jordan. They can have Michael Jordan back. <laughs> I would think it would be someone like Peterson who would need to go. They would have to give somebody who is young and can develop. So it would probably be Peterson, but did Peterson's not even a reflection of what he was last year. So, yeah, no, that's for sure. Uh, and, and the other thing on the Mets, and we talked about him a little bit before we hit record, Pete Alonso. And listen, he's homered now, I think it's four straight games. Four straight games. Also, I love the interview he did Wednesday night after the walk-off where he drops an F-bomb live on the air. Absolutely loved it, him with Steve Gelbs. This dude, it's the guy for me, Mark. He's he's the next David Wright. He's the captain. And that's what needs to be done. And there is not one person on that team with that would not agree with us. Pete Alonzo is the spark. Not to say they don't have talent anywhere else on that team. I'm just saying he's the energy behind this team. He's what gets the fans going. He's what gets... The players getting up in the dugout. They follow his lead. So, yes, he should be named the new captain of the Mets. And, and once he is, and it should come with a new contract, and we could debate the price tag all we want. We just know Steve Cohn's got the money. He should do it. Right. Because he's a homegrown guy, I think we've embraced him as fans, kind of how we embrace David Wright. Because we think about those teams in 05, 06 through 08. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about how great Jose Reyes was. We could talk about how great Beltran and Delgado were. 
But I think there was more sp- something special when it came to David, right? Because everyone knew between him and Reyes, they both came through the ranks in the system. Right. It's the same thing here with Pete. And if you want to compare it with someone else who could be Reyes, Nemo or or, or, yeah. or McNeil, both guys who came up through the system along with Pete. And the Mets, listen, they, they're known for bringing up pitching, whether it's Seaver or, or Nolan Ryan was a Met, Jerry Matlack. And then you go more recent, Harvey. DeGrom, guys like that. By the way, Jake, you're pitching well for Texas. I don't hold a grudge. Uh, but, but you know, it, it feels like this is Pete's team. And I even think guys like Scherzer are kind of – they know that. And they're there to lead in a different manner than Pete is. But I think at the same time, it's to teach people this is how we lead. Kind of like Beltran and Delgado were for David Wright. Yes. Couldn't have said it better. All right. Mets will play two with the Guardians today. Then they go to Chicago. By the way, this really pisses me off. There is no reason in the world why you should play three night games at Wrigley Field. That That should be illegal. You know, I would say, you know, between Fenway and its changes and all that, you have to figure Wrigley Field is the oldest field that's still played on today. And night games were not what it was meant for. It's a day game atmosphere because, let's face it, the ball goes in the ivy during the day. You got a shot. It's white. At night, uh uh-uh. Automatic ground rule double every time. Yeah. I don't care if the Cubbies got to go to school, man. Day games, Wrigley Field. It just makes sense. Yes, it does. Also, shout out Rookie of the Year. Great film. Garden Hoser. Oh. <laughs> uh, I can't throw hard anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. You throw it up real high. You throw it up real high and I'll go. We'll see what you can do. I was like, come on, really? You but, you know, steal, no one clucks at me like a chicken. Chicken. I'm not a chicken. You're a chicken. And then the first baseman gets into it. He's, you know, come on. Pure kids movie. Oh, uh, well, he's on base at Dodger Stadium. Pitcher's got a big butt, and that's the signed jersey sitting on my wall. (laughs) I love it. I had to have it. And he almost gets overlapped by the other guy running the base. Yes. (laughs) On the lay, he's yelling. Oh, it's a great film. Yes, it is. All right. And the Mets, uh, the Astros just got back Jose Altuve Friday night after he broke his finger during the World Baseball Classic. So it got me thinking because the Astros hadn't gotten hot yet. Now they're kind of hot. Also, they're playing the A's, which makes any team hot. Sorry, A's fans. (laughs) It got me thinking, who are the five players, Mark, 
in your mind, in all baseball, who are the most important for their team's success? Okay, so you want to go one and one? We go back and forth. Do you want me to name all five? You just name them off, and then uh, we can have a conversation. You got it. Okay, obviously, you know, for the New York Mets, it's got to be Francisco Lindor. Yes, we know what Pete Alonso's doing. We see what he's doing. But Francisco Lindor, you know, I love him. I, I, I don't care, care that he's not hitting 400, you know. But the guy's got a bat at least 260, 270 this year, just to get a little bit of faith back. Because when he came over from Cleveland, he was batting 280, 290. So, yes, people change, but the Mets really need him to start coming through. Another team I look at is the Milwaukee Brewers. And there's a couple of names I can throw out, but it's got to be Christian Yelich. And we've, I know my times being on with you, we have stressed how much that Christian Yelich means to the Brewers and that when he's doing well, the rest of the team seems to benefit. Um, when you look at other teams, you look at a team that's really hot right now, the Texas Rangers. Now we know that the player that came from us is not doing the utmost best. But this is a team that's really starting to go, and you have to look at veteran leadership. And they just got Corey Seager back, and he's not—you know—he's not going to start off coming right back hitting 350 with home run after home run. He is important because of his leadership and his experience on that team, and he has to kind of take it by himself right now because, let's face it, nobody else on that team stands out not to say the Rangers aren't doing great things at 28 and 12. I mean, I would never pick that. The, the league I want to pick my next two from one of them is the other team from New York that, you know, is six and a half games, pretty much just like the Mets, the Mets are five and a half out. Uh, You know, the New York Yankees are always the most hated team in baseball. However, for them to strive, it does not have to be Aaron Judge. It doesn't have to be Giancarlo Stanton. It has to be the young kids for this team. Like the Mets, you are bringing up a lot of young rookies, Cabrera, Peraza. I mean, Dominguez has already been said to be called on, so he's soon to come up. The Yankees want to take control of this division then they are going to have to start hitting and it's going to have to fall on these young guys because let's face it, one player isn't going to make the playoffs. They need these young kids to start producing. And just because it's a feel-good story, I want it to happen. The Detroit Tigers are actually making waves, even though you know they're five, three games below 500, but they're not doing horrible and I'm putting the weight on Miggy. I want Miggy to go out 320, 325, three, four home runs. The guy's not going to hit many. But I want him to go out, and I want him to make the playoffs in his final year. I want him to be like Albert Pujols in the All-Star game. No, he's not going to be in the home run derby. But let's get, let's get him, in, you know, just get him an honorary spot. So I think, you know, Miggy Cabrera is a very big key for Detroit fans, but Detroit players also to do well. And then last but not least, the Baltimore Orioles need the combination of what's been going on 
just like last year. And it's, again, I know you wanted one person, and I'll give you the one person. That's Santander. Santander has to keep producing. But you got Mullins. You got Rutschman, Kowser. They're all helping. Roger, you know, this is a Baltimore team that's as explosive and as, I hate to say it, and I don't know if I'm going to be right, but are they as good as the Rays? I think so. I just think it, you know, it's a four-game difference. It's a three-and-a-half-game difference. It's nothing. The Tampa Bay Rays, the way they're playing, should have a double-digit game lead. For the Mets and, let's say, the Phillies, for the half of it being five-and-a-half and seven games out, it's pretty fortunate with the way they've been playing. It could be worse. And we can say the same thing about the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays. They're fortunate to be at their worst seven games out. So, you know, that's that's where I see those teams and who needs to be going. I really want the Orioles to take the page out of the Braves playbook. Okay. Those team-friendly deals that buy out the arbitration years. If you could do that with Rutschman and Mullins and Gunnar Henderson and Mountcastle, you've got the makings of something there. And they also have the likes of Jackson Holiday, Grayson Rodriguez, and Colton Kowser, who are just getting ready to come up and not just Yeah, Rodriguez has come up. He pitched yesterday, I believe. Right. And you can say Baltimore's doing exactly what the Mets are doing and what the Yankees are doing. It's the right move. Yeah, they're playing the kids. Um, The the names I came up with, I, I agreed with you on a couple of but I want similar teams. The Yankees, you brought up the kids. And I'm with you. I don't I love what Judge does and what Rizzo does. But if Giancarlo Stanton could stay healthy, that would be such an impact for that lineup. But he's not even the only guy because I'm waiting for Glaber Torres to come back. And you have those moments of Glaber where he's really, really good. And you have those moments where you're like, Glaber, what are you doing? I need Glaber to be consistent if I'm a Yankee. And that that would be a guy I would look at. The Angels. The Angels are a good story right now. They're playing good ball. I know what I'm going to get from Otani. Can Mike Trout hopefully stay healthy this year? Because if Mike Trout stays healthy and Otani stays healthy and what they've gotten out of Hunter Renfro, the Angels could be a wild card team. You know, just to make a good joke, (laughs) what about Joey Gallo? There you go. (laughs) Oh, Yankee fans rejoice, Joey Gallo. I would love nothing more to see Mike Trout have a 300-plus year 30-plus home runs and 100-plus RBIs. We know Otani's going to give that, but I want to see the resurrection of Trout. So there I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, that that would be fun. The Dodgers, listen, first-place team, Mookie Betts. You know, he's the the engine guy. Love Freddie Freeman. Love, Love the renaissance here Clayton Kershaw's having. Yes. But it's all because of... You know, if Mookie Betts can do his thing, they're going to do theirs. The Padres, who we'll talk about in a few minutes, 
can the real Juan Soto please stand up? I had I had him up there, and I'm like, yeah, no, I want to get other people. But listen, Machado's hurt. I can't tattoo hand suspension. Bogarts has been phenomenal. Yes, but Juan Soto, you look like a totally different dude. At one eighty nine currently. Oh. Oh my, 189 for Juan Solo. Are you kidding me? And this is a guy who is either, you know, because we can say it's going either way, is either tanking so he can go get a bigger, better deal from where he truly wanted to go in New York, because that's where he wanted to go, but the Mets weren't giving up that much to the Nationals, so yeah. it didn't matter. Or is he just trying to settle into San Diego? And I, I know that's hard to absorb and even agree with because he's had the time. But we pointed out with Francisco Lindor, it's taken him two years to get Mets fans behind him. Fans play a big part of it. The one difference of that, though, is Lindor was changing leagues. And his first, and okay. his first technical year, wasn't his first technical year COVID? You're right. Okay. twenty, So he didn't even have to go through the league, but he hadn't been around the league. Soto's been in the National League, and he had a whole playoff. And, and listen, I'm not trying to, to, to crap on the guy for what he's done, but he just needs to be better. Uh, that's all we're saying. We are not trying to put these guys down. We are trying to say they're important to their team's success. You know, so uh, there are some others. I, I Listen. The Cardinals who are red hot. Why? Nolan Arenado's gotten red hot. Goldschmidt's gotten hot. And there was only going to be so much time before these guys did. I, I mean, the Cardinals are now seven and three in their last ten. They're five games in back of the Pirates and the Brewers. God, the Pirates. What 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 a nice nice surprise they are. Yeah, every time you want to count them out, they find ways to pop back in. Mm -hmm. And they've done it with great, really good pitching, especially Mitch Keller, who's been really good. Yes, he has. Uh, They play the D-backs this afternoon, and then that will be followed by the – how's this for an interleague series? The Rangers and the Pirates. That's actually a kind of interesting series because the Rangers need to take all three games to keep pace. I, I know they're they've won twenty eight games already, but I just see Texas has to keep winning. And look, Pittsburgh's not a easy team to walk over either. They got a lot of talent. Yeah, and they're doing this without O'Neill Cruz. Correct. Um. After that, they'll go to Seattle and San Francisco. Seattle, another disappointing team right now. Yeah, but they're they're kind of like the Mets, where they're kind of picking it up slowly. Uh, you know, I understand what they gave away to get JK there, but that's all he has been is just a joke. Unfortunately, and they're starting him while he's still batting below 200. Can we say the Kalenic experiment has not worked? 
I mean, he current. He had a big hit. I don't know if it was last night or the other night. But but yet one hit, you know, you're giving up a whole position and a roster spot for a guy who in four seasons has not proven himself at all and has struggled to bat over 200. By the way, update the Reds after three innings are up one nothing on the Yankees. That's the Yay. The Peacock game. Oh. That's that's why I don't have it on my TV. Well, there's a lot of reasons why I don't have that game on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Kalenic's hitting 287. Okay. Eight homers, to... 21 RBI slash line, 287, 339, 529. Yeah, still. Sorry, I can't get – it's hard for me to get behind him. Right now, I mean, look, I understood what his potential was when the Mets traded him, but you can't tell me the Mets haven't won that trade with getting Edwin Diaz. The, the, best the, the only guy who I think lost that trade was Robbie Cano. Only Cano, guy. Who lost. Uh, I don't even know where he is anymore. I lost him after he, he was. He did sign with the Braves at the end of last year. Then I, I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He probably do better in Japan, so he should go join Trevor Bauer, who was sent to the minors in Japan. Yeah, that I that, were that I didn't Japan. even know that existed. Neither did I. All right, so the Cardinals are playing well. Flip side, it we brought up Juan Soto, the Padres, one and nine in their last ten, and that's not because. They're not doing good. They, they've, they've not lost just four in a row. They've lost four in a row, but look what they've just lost. They just lost probably the second best base, third baseman in baseball next to Arenado with Manny Machado now out six to eight weeks with a hand fracture. And that's just for the hand to heal. He's still got to go through a minor league stint before he's going to be able to come back. So you just lost Machado pretty much until after the All-Star game. You got Juan Soto, which we just talked about, that's barely hitting his weight. You got Tatis, who is kind of like the Tatis old, but he's just come back from his suspension. And the whole team is out of rhythm. They started off very well, but two and eight in their last 10 games, there's too many things that this team needs to do. Their pitching has to get better. They got to start hitting the ball. They got to stop getting injured. I mean... You can't ask much more. Their minor league teams could do better right now. Let's give Oakland's minor league teams a shot. Just trade the whole San Diego Padres team to Oakland. They're going to Vegas. They're closer to the Rockies in the standings than they are the Dodgers. I mean, and the Rockies are showing a little bit of flair here and there, but you have to consider what they just lost, and I'm sorry. An injury to Manny Machado like this is an injury to the Mets of losing Pete Alonso, the uh, Yankees losing Judge, and we've seen this was the one happened. guy they couldn't lose. Exactly. That's what. That's pretty much what I'm. Yeah. Taking ten minutes to explain, which I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. But this is now a time Juan Soto needs to step up. Yep. Jake Cronworth, step up. I mean. He's another name who we left out. I mean, he's been basically unheard this whole season. And this was a guy 
who came into the season able to play three infield positions, and he just has not been there. So, and, and by the way, if the starting pitching does its job and the offense does its job, and you get the ball in the ninth inning to Hater, he's almost untouchable at times. So, yeah. and, and I love Bob Melvin. I think Bob Melvin's one of the best managers in baseball. There's something not clicking here with a team that had World Series aspirations. I so, mean, they were three to one odds to make the playoffs. And you know what? I don't know if there's a soul in the world who wouldn't have taken that bet. I know I did. And I'm, I'm gutting myself every time I, I, I see the standings at night. You know, when the when the Padres pretty much announced their roster for the year, it was arguably the best lineup in baseball. Yeah. I mean, even without Tatis at the time, this was before Tatis was even in the lineup. It was the best lineup in baseball. And like other teams who we've already mentioned, the Sage needs to get into the nostrils and they need to wake up. All right, so, so Cardinals hot, Padres ice cold, which I never thought it was ice cold in San Diego, but I don't know. Never been. Uh, on to some series for the week. You talked to Rays before. Uh, they'll host the Blue Jays this week. Big series in the AL East. Or AL it's going to be the most exciting series of the week. You know, I mean, both, I mean, both teams. The Rays are looking for redemption where the Blue Jays are just trying to keep up. Yeah. And the race, even, even trying to, they're even trying to bounce back a little bit. They're, I think, four and six in their last 10. Right. But, I mean, they just lost two heartbreak. I mean, look, it benefited us, but they lost two heartbreaking games to the Mets. And it's not like the Mets weren't capable of doing it. So it's not like they lost to the Oakland A's. No. But when you have a team that's performing as high as the Rays, any loss is it, kind of defeating. And the Blue Jays, you know, they, they've lost yesterday to the Orioles. The AL East, it, it is a beast. Every is. team over is over 500. So, Blue Jays raised this week. Uh, the other big AL showdown this week, the Red Sox and Anaheim to take on the Angels. Listen, like them or hate them, give the Red Sox credit, man. Nobody thought they'd be over 500 right now. I don't remember where I had picked them in the standings, but I had them at fourth at the end of the season. So, you know, in that division, though, fourth can only be possibly missed by five games. And that's yeah. saying something. Yeah, Alex yeah. Cora's done a really good job. Phil Nevin's done a really nice job with cool. the Angels. Listen, I'll, uh, it, it's May 21st. I'll raise my hand for right now. I'm wrong on the Angels. I'm not saying I don't believe in them. But Rendon's never healthy. I didn't trust the starting pitching. But listen, as long as Otani and Trout are healthy, you got a chance. Especially when you have two Barry Bonds S players in the lineup. You can't walk both of them. Yeah. And Hunter Renfro's had a really nice year, too. I mean, just looking at what Otani did on his last last game seven innings pitch, nine strikeouts. But let's not forget, he almost hit for the cycle, too. It's true. 
I have pitcher Otani in fantasy, not batter Otani. I have batter Otani. Yeah. Uh, national, we have an old school NL Central show. Yeah. The Astros go to Milwaukee to play the Brewers. I'm begging the Astros to wear those old red uniforms. Oh, I was going to think you are going to say the orange ones. The, I love the, 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 orange the ones old too. throwback orange with the stripe and the white. I'm not talking about the ones they currently wear. Those old white and orange and the yellow in the center. Bring those back. If you want to bring back a uniform, I would definitely love to see a good throwback day like they're doing in the NFL with the throwback uniforms. Let's do it with baseball. I mean, there are teams that have the same emblem they've had since inception, but there are a lot of teams who have changed over the years. Yeah, the Ash, the the Brewers have kind of gone back to the old school look, and uh, there was nothing wrong with their look. I love the the look with the ball and the glove. I like their current look too. Yeah, and listen, two teams playing re- pretty good ball right now. Brewers tied for first in the NL Central. Yep, the Astros I think are a game back of the Rangers. So that'll be fun. And then we got a heavyweight nationally showdown where the Brooklyn Dodgers of Los Angeles travel to play the Atlanta Braves of Milwaukee and Boston. Oh, God. This is going to be fun. It literally should, you know, mind you, I've already said Blue Jay Rays is going to be. And then, yeah, I kind of didn't, kind of forgot we had Red Sox Angels. I've literally said, three of the series that are coming up are going to be the games and series of the week. Here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> So let's just put it where I'm at. This is another series that should be electrifying. You know, you got the first place Dodgers at the first place Braves, you know, the Dodgers have the, the gauntlet lineup and the Braves have finesse and they, you know, and the pitching is better. You know, it's going to be a close series I, I i truly think that it goes to the dodgers to the one i don't think any team will sweep i'm hoping freddie freeman gets another standing ovation and that's just classy of atlanta to do yeah you know? oh, oh yeah he, he, he you know that that that's what i'm hoping the listen i know we're both met fans but i can say this with a straight face these are the two best teams in the National League. Yes, they are. That they, they, they are head and shoulders above the rest. Mm-hmm. Little nice right now. Too. But so, I, listen, it's kind of take your pick at every position. Olsen versus Freeman, you know, you lean Freeman. Second base, you probably lean Albies. You know, shortstop kind of becomes a push because there's no more Dansby Swanson. Swanson, yeah. You know, and then thing of right field, Mookie Betts or Ronald Acuna. Who would you rather have on your team? Listen, even Mookie. if you took Acuna, I, I, look, I'm I love not Acuna, down and taking Betts. Yeah, I, I would take Betts. I lo- I think Acuna is a fantastic ball player. I just think Betts edges him out a little bit. Yeah, so th- this is a fun series. Uh, th- would this shock me if this was the NLCS again? No. It very well could be. I mean, we hope not, but. Well, for our sake, we hope not, but not. yeah, uh, but it should be a fun one. All right. So 
Last thing, Mark. You have a story on baseball cards. I do. So welcome, welcome into the new year with the new vibe coming in that Fanatics will be the new licensed official product of baseball cards as Fanatics will be taking over for tops. But right now, Bowman Baseball, tops gold collection are some of the hottest things. Bowman College Basketball, which has the first possible autograph card of Caitlin Clark is literally on fire. You want to be able to get into these breaks at a reasonable price. You need to go check out the guys at Top Notch Sports Club. These guys are live every day. They're doing breaks. They're filling high-end spots, such as the Diamondbacks and Bowman. And they have the loyal customers. I've been with them for years. But when you're looking at the card market today, Obviously, you can get a star from Alonzo the Trout and you're going to make your money back. But it's time to start investing in your future. And the product right now for that is Bowman Baseball. You need to get in on some of these loaded teams. I mean, basically, if you look at the checklist breakdowns, there's not a team really that isn't good to get because rookies become better over the years. Obviously, you get a random, you get the Oakland A's, you're going to be a little disheartened, but you could still get a gold autograph number to 50 and it'll still pay for your spot. The guys at Top Notch do not let you down. They make sure you know what you're getting. They make sure you are getting the best price. Let's take it up a notch because I just told you the biggest news that Fanatics will be taking over as a licensed product for baseball cards. If you think that the basketball flawless at 5,000 a box is outrageous, just wait until National Treasures Baseball releases with the first licensed product of the year. You're going to be looking at teams like Mike Trout finally getting into baseball cards, not just with tops, but in National Treasures, in tops. Not not tops in fanatics top line. You're gonna get top. You're gonna get a possible trout one on one worth a hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, possibly with a big diamond in the center. Tops is gonna say farewell, but they're still gonna be around. But they're gonna lose a lot of players that fanatics is gonna be able to sign. As they've already said, they've got trout, and he's gonna sign the biggest baseball card contract. As his signature on a card is worth much more. Looking as the outlook, baseball is now in the front. As I just told you, Bowman baseball is hot. A lot of products are about to start making their way into the market for baseball, as baseball is now really the only sport we could be talking about on here because the Knicks are done. If you want to get in now at good prices, go for Topps product because once Fanatics comes in, Tops is going to take a big seat back. So you want to get in on the last year. Now is the time. Now is there's certain products, as I told you about, but there's certain teams that are important. Obviously the Mets with their, um, God damn it, their minor league uh, system. You got teams, you got teams like the Nationals with a car. You got Jackson Cheerio in Milwaukee. You got <laughs> Drew Jones in Arizona whose rookie cards, the guy hasn't stepped on a major league contract yet, and his cards are selling for four or $5,000 a piece. So, you know, a lot of hype. There's also some news that is not baseball cards that I wanted to talk about. 
the NFL lost probably one of its more prolific members this week, past week in Jim Brown. Jim Brown changed, was the color barrier breaker, really, for the NFL. The, what the guy did is Syracuse is he broke that color barrier there, did it in college. He was beat up around college and not by accident, on purpose. Teams went out of their way down south to try to hurt him because nobody could stop him, just like they couldn't stop Ernie Davis a few years later. But I had the opportunity to do something not a lot of people did. I bought into a charity dinner. Oh, God, it had to have been early 2001, 2002. And I got to sit at a table with Jim Brown and listening to the stories that he told. It was a shock that this crap went on, especially in a country that was changing and what was favoring. And he said, you know, the South was the South, the North was the North, you know. He said, but you couldn't believe what happened to us. And he would tell the stories that, yes, if you watched uh, the Ernie Davis story on, uh, you know, the movie that was done, you saw what happened to Ernie Davis during that. But let's go four year, three years earlier, what was going on to Jim Brown and what he had to go through. He changed college sports. When he came into the NFL, he was unstoppable. However, his acting career, be it that it's May, the man died in more movies, unfortunately, than he did live to survive the endings. But he made he brought that curiosity that he showed in the NFL to his acting career, none better than when Arnold Schwarzenegger blew him up with a piece of dynamite. But hey, you know, Jim Brown also did something in the beginning that it's very hard to do. And he was a men mentor to young, and I, I'm not trying to, I, I don't want to say this and made sound like I'm not, young black kids growing up in America saw that they had a chance and they could do not what Jackie Robinson just did. It wasn't being talked about enough in football until Jim Brown showed up on scene. The man deserves not only the outright on the NFL Mount Rushmore, but he also deserves to be known for what the man was known as, as that mentor, is that arguably the greatest thing that came to football next to pigskin was Jim Brown. And, I, you know, people before him, yeah, you know, they, but I'm sorry. Football changed when Jim Brown stepped foot on that field. Now there are players that do Jim Brown feats, but the game is different. Players are different. Jim Brown had to play with broken toes, fractured ankles. Yeah, players get a 10-day, you know, I, you know, miss week. It's not what it used to be. There will never be another player as prolific as Jim Brown, and that we will sorely miss him, and we will miss his time on the big screen and on the grid. Nine years, and he's the 11th all-time leading rusher. Yeah. Mind you, if he wasn't injured so much and he wasn't taking 40, 50 carries a game, Emmett Smith would have gotten close but would never have been anywhere near Jim Brown. Jim Brown should have a record like Nolan Ryan, Joe DiMaggio, Cy Young. 
that it's just not possible to be me. Rest in peace to a legend. Yes. All right. That'll do it for this edition of Batter Up. Sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles here on the Sports Insanity Network. Follow the network on Twitter at S Insanity Real. Check us out. The podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com for great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. And for Mark Goldops, Guy Halpern, I am Mike Rifkin. Thank you for listening to Batter Up, part of the Sports Insanity Network, sponsored by Halpern's Cards and Collectibles. Have a happy Sunday, everybody, and have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.